0: Hi, right. hello. Uh, hope you are all well. It was lovely to see some of you last week at uh, Tall Tales Live. I mean, since then, things have been moving on at a breakneck pace. Let me tell you two pieces of news, which I think in as few days as it's been full lockdown, astonishing. Uh, first is that uh, we have had some discussions about uh, how to deal with the Mighty Finns' uh, 20th anniversary, which is this year, and uh, these have proven un- inconclusive. Uh, now, you might possibly be thinking to yourself, now that I say that, I'm thinking to myself, that isn't actually news, that is just an ongoing situation with no resolution. But that is mostly what the news is these days. It is just an on- the news of the world is an ongoing situation with no resolution. In fact, that is, isn't that just life? So uh, so that's the end of, ph- you know, that's philosophy. Uh, is it our philosophy? Uh, no, it isn't. Our philosophy, as anyone who's listened to more than eight seconds of any Mighty Fin Show knows, is the truth lies somewhere in between. That is, uh, and also do your best. Those are the other twin pillars of our philosophy. The other bit of news is, is actual news. Uh, which is that since, in that brief few days, uh, we have received a freshly written uh, first episode of what I strongly believe and hope will be a new series from Marie Phillips, which we will hear a bit later on. I cannot wait. But first, it's uh, 2015 in Kilburn World. and We know it's 2015. I have now uh, worked out what was going on with the timings uh, this, If you're a keen listener, then you may remember me going, why was, why was I apologising for uh, an absent month? Surely there was no year where we didn't rigorously do every single Tall Tales. What it was, was that in the middle of 2015, we skipped one so that we could add an extra one at the end of the year, the Christmas show Ski Safari 2015. Now, I mean, obviously we could have done seven that year, but what we chose to do, I recall now, was that we would still do six, but the... Christmas one would be a Christmas special, uh, so there are a couple of end of twenty fifteen episodes of this, which of which this is one. This is the November one, and uh, and th- um, this is it. So uh, we're moving out of Kilburn. It is a terrible wrench. I-, I love it here. I was here when um, you know this is where I grew up in London. This is where I first came in London. I mean, I started off in Swiss Cottage for a brief period just down the road. But I've been here. This is London. This is my home. And I've been here 10 years. no, that's not true. 15 years. I've been here 15 years. And I'll be coming back a lot. Loads of my friends are still here. Most of them. And, uh, you know, the place has really changed in those 15 years. You have to walk for half an hour before you can get a pub meal that's served on a plate. And, uh, and you can get nostalgic about this, I guess. I was talking about it the other night when I was having dinner with uh, my friends, Kim and Merlin, and our friend Moira, who's a confessional lifestyle journalist and ex-sexologist, interestingly enough. And she was bemoaning it. She's the sort of person who would bemoan it. But the pub, you know, she is absolutely, you know, like, like, like lots of us, she's the sort of person who's responsible for gentrification and complains about gentrification. Anyway, the pubs used to be uh, scary and unwelcoming when we arrived, and now they're really nice. And I guess I'm saying, I suppose that's what I'm saying. It's my fault the place is gentrified. And I was saying this almost exactly the same uh, when I was chatting with Moira. I only have three or four things, and I just say them over and over again. And uh, then this guy rang the bell, who we all recognised, uh, but we don't know him, but we recognise him. And you probably too uh, as well, if you live around Kilburn. He's this tall, skinny man with very short hair, tattooed forearms and, and a big bushy beard. And he runs the Mustache and Penny Farthing, which is um, in Queen's Park, obviously. It's an urban pop-up micro distillery, creative cupcake centre and mindful yoga tutorial meat place. So, So you might have seen him there, if you're that kind of person. But what he's really noticeable for locally is running. He runs every day in pink, all pink, including uh, pink ones of those weird rubber running sock things with the individual toes, uh, pushing a sort of stunt pram uh, for runners, which is also pink. And the pram has this placard affair on the side, which says, I know my dad looks silly, but at least he doesn't look dead of the cancer which killed my mum and which he is raising money to fight. I mean, it's it's quite a long slogan. You have to see him run past you a few times before you get it all. Anyway, anyway, we recognised him when he uh, turned up uh, and Kim invited him in. And uh, 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 we introduced ourselves and he said his name was Jeffro. Jethro, uh, said Merlin. No, Jethro. Oh, is that short for Jeffrey? I prefer Jethro. Anyway, uh, Jethro explained that he was a power parent at St Augustine's primary school and he was looking for help with St A's upcoming Friends and Parents Day to raise money so the school could employ a part-time yoga, mindfulness and later life outcomes mentor. Uh, Kim and Merlin explained that their kids actually go to St. Zebex and Jeffro said every little bit helped. St. A's is a school based around a big council estate and those parents who could afford it really should do whatever they could. Kim and Merlin repeated that their kids went to a different school, but in the end, Jeffro wouldn't leave until he got 50 pounds. Uh, When he went, Moira said, isn't he inspiring? And don't you think he looks sad? I think it's amazing what he's doing for those kids. It makes me feel totally materialistic. Moira, after years of dating idiots, has been going out for six months with a really nice guy called Stan, who, uh, who made great money for a while as an unqualified futurologist. Uh, well, there are actually no qualified futurologists uh, because people are desperate to base decisions on something. Uh, but nothing he predicted ever came true. And so now he's gone back to being a librarian. But a couple of days after Jeffro came round, Moira went to the moustache and penny farthing. And she said she'd like to write a feature about Jeffro and his business. He invited her into his office and sat next to her on the sofa, uh, uh, shaped like a pair of hands, you know, doing that. Like I'm, I'm holding my hands. So they make the seat of a, sofa not very pleasant one and uh, she asked how he had the idea for a creative cupcake center micro distillery and yoga slash mindfulness meet place he said it was always a heart project he'd inherited a small amount of money from his wife oh i heard about that it's so sad what did she do uh, she was a hedge fund manager he said and he was totally broken up about her death So he gave up work. He was a smoothie designer and set up this project so that he could heal. And he'd branded it with a mate of his who used to work for Innocent. And now they have branches in Walthamstow Village, Crouch End and Earlsfield. And they were also looking to set up in Brooklyn and Seattle and maybe even Austin. His eyes were really soulful, Moira noticed, almost brimming with tears. And he was very close to her, almost as if he needed a hug. But then his children came in with their nanny. He was amazing with them and then said they should go home and he'd follow along. His nanny obviously worshipped him. She was gorgeous, uh, from Stockholm, about 19. But he seemed barely to notice the nanny, Moira thought. He seemed totally focused on her. Well, Well, the interview, at least. Probably the interview. as She said, His children were adorable and asked about the power parents scheme. He said he started the scheme, actually. He said it was important that children learn to aspire and compete from the earliest possible age. He asked if she wanted to speak at the school about her experiences. I bet you've had some interesting ones. Moira was really flattered. He was asking her questions like men were supposed to if they really like you. She said she was a former sexologist, but... That fell apart when the internet cut the profits of print journalism, and he said she should definitely give a talk about that. It would stop some of the kids getting complacent about the disruptive effects of technological change. By this time, they had drunk some of his micro-distilled tequila, aquavit, gin and vodka. Moira couldn't tell the difference between these drinks, but they definitely all seemed very artisanal. He said... She should really see the mindfulness petting zoo he was building at the back of the pub, bar, whatever it was, and he took her to this amazing room where a solar light well keeps grass growing even though it's under glass, and there were kittens everywhere playing around. What happens when they grow up to be cats? Moira asked. Kittens are better, Jeffro said. Don't you love kittens? Yes, she said. She was quite drunk. But What happens? My wife loved kittens, Jeffro said, and a single tear dripped into the jungle of his beard. He looked so sad again, so she hugged him and then they had sex. The kittens watched everything uh, with their big eyes, which felt really naughty and exciting for some reason. In the morning, she went with Jeffro to drop the kids off at school because he wasn't ashamed. That's not who he was, he didn't do shame. And Moira thought for the first time, this is what love feels like, proper, real, instant love. And then Jeffro went for his run. And as soon as he was out of sight, a blonde woman spilled coffee all down her as if by mistake and hissed, bitch and stormed off. Another one of the mums took Moira over to one side. She said, you're new, aren't you? So you don't know. Don't know what, said Moira. Exactly, said the woman. We're like, I guess you'd say we're a support group, Moira looked around. And there were three others. We're all single mums. He, um, He's had, with all of us, uh, the one who spilled coffee on you, she's trouble. She was sleeping with him before his wife died. And before, so was I, said another of the women, shamefaced. He does sleep with everyone said the first woman. I'm not being rude. I absolutely don't blame him for sleeping with you. You look fantastic. Thank you. But I don't understand. He runs a creative cupcake centre, micro distillery and yoga slash mindfulness meat space. And wasn't that the clue? Said the first woman. Myra didn't get it. Basically, said the second woman, his wife never found out what he was like because she worked all the time. That was probably why I thought he was sad and needed looking after more for me. But the thing is, you can be a hipster with cute kids and a tragic personal story. And you can still be a dick who hasn't learned any decent life lessons from what you've been through. Really? And uh, and that such as it is, is the news from Kilburn. Today's uh, today's first act. Uh, Who knows what it was? Who knows what today's first act was? Uh, But I bet it was great. I've just had a thought. I'm going to go and find out this will be accompanied by clicking what the first act was. I think maybe I will be able to do that because I keep a tall tale set list. I've never uh, considered using this as a useful thing. Oh, no, I just do it by month. Okay, okay, May May 2015, July 2015, November 2015, our first act. Was Anna Savory, you will be delighted to learn. Sometimes, people, and it's important we realise this: history is just boring. That doesn't mean it's not important, but it doesn't mean it's always important. Sometimes all it is is boring. I mean, this is probably putting you to sleep. I've just come up with a great link. This might have put you to sleep, which would be a tragedy, because what you really want to do is listen to the terrific thing Marie has sent. And and Marie was inspired Marie Phillips the novelist and tall tale superstar uh, was originally inspired by this incredible genre of stories that are written and spoken to put people to sleep which is a sort of a you know that's what that's what these things are and therefore and she has in response to that fact done this
1: Welcome back to Relax Into Sleep with me, your host, star of stage and screen and Brit Award-nominated audiobook narrator, Veronica Diamond. Before we start, why not take the time to subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review? Don't wait until later because you'll be asleep. Those reviews really make a difference. Over the last few weeks, there has been an organised campaign of one-star reviews from disgruntled Doctor Who fans who took objection to my one-episode arc, Heart of a Dalek, in which I play a female Dalek who is in love with the Doctor. My catchphrase was, inseminate, well, in the words of the great Taylor Swift, haters gonna hate, and in the morning, once we've had a good night's sleep, I'm gonna shake it off, but for now, lie back and relax. By the way, if you want to relive the time that I saw Taylor Swift in a service station cafe, buying a croissant, download the episode, Treasures of Nashville. But tonight, let's take an adventure together to the Great Barrier Reef. The Great Barrier Reef is the world's largest coral reef system found in the glittering Coral Sea off the coast of Queensland, Australia. It's an incredible constellation of reefs and islands stretching for over 2,300 kilometres. That's 1,400 miles, bringing together a breathtaking conglomeration of marine life. CNN calls it one of the seven natural wonders of the world, and you can trust CNN. I once shared an elevator with Wolf Blitzer in the Hyatt Regency in Birmingham. I introduced myself but I could tell he already knew who I was. He said, Veronica, keep doing what you're doing. The Great Barrier Reef is a really, really long way away. If you want to get there, you're going to have to fly unless you are one of the three Australian listeners my producer Eric identified on Google Analytics. goodbye sports. You could probably drive there and then take a boat. By the way, for regular listeners, Eric's boxer doodle, Rizzo, has recovered from her colitis. She's on a restricted diet now. I sympathise. A flight to Australia from the United Kingdom takes 20 to 24 hours, excluding stopovers. You can stop over in Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Dubai. I highly recommend Dubai Airport. It has the best duty free I've ever seen. The last time I was in Australia was back in 2005, when I was there to film the pilot episode of CSI Sydney in which I played acting night shift assistant supervisor, Kathy Keegan, a detail orientated gamine forensic pathologist with a hidden addiction to Ritalin. It was an incredible experience. But sadly, it wasn't picked up by the network, and it was never even broadcast due to internal politics at ABC. As far as I know, you can't find it online, but if you do, let me know in the comments. Except don't because really you should be asleep by now. So if you leave me a comment, Eric's going to be really pissed off. This is a very confusing job as a writer and performer. I don't know if it's better for my ego if I successfully bore you all to sleep or if I fail by keeping you awake because you're so engrossed in what I'm saying. My agent Sandrine tells me, don't worry about it. They're paying you by the word. Sandrine is fascinating to me. She is the only unstylish French woman I have ever met. I asked her about it once. She said that she is from Niort, the French capital of mutual insurance companies. She said that I need to stop confusing the rest of France with Paris. Only Paris is chic. In the rest of France, the women all wear house coats that they bought in the supermarket. If you want to hear more about Parisian fashion, download the episode, A Stroll Around the Louvre. I never made it out to the Great Barrier Reef on that trip back in 2005. I did have an audition for a major role on Neighbours as Paul Robinson's daughter, Elle, but I lost out to Pippa Black. No hard feelings. Pippa did a great job and stayed in the role until 2009. According to IMDb, she was last seen in a 2016 TV movie called The Manny. I did ask Eric whether I could have a research trip to the Great Barrier Reef to help bring you, the listeners, closer to the experience. But he said no. He said, Veronica, we don't have the budget for that. Do you have any idea how hard it is to find advertisers for a podcast which is designed to be listened to while asleep. The only people we could get interested was the Daily Mail for their court-mandated apologies. Just do what you always do and read out Wikipedia in a breathy voice. The Great Barrier Reef supports an extraordinary diversity of life. 30 species of cetaceans have been recorded in the Great Barrier Reef, including the dwarf mink whale, Indo-Pacific humpback dolphin, and the humpback whale. More than 1,500 fish species live on the reef, including the clownfish, red bass, red throat emperor and several species of snapper and coral trout. Seventeen species of sea snake live on the Great Barrier Reef. That's revolting. Six species of sea turtles come to the reef to breed. The Green Sea Turtle. Leatherback Sea Turtle. Hawksbill Turtle, Loggerhead Sea Turtle, Flatback Turtle, and the Olive Ridley. I was at school with a girl called Olive Ridley. She had B.O. Hi, Olive if you're listening. I've reached 1,000 words now, which is the maximum that Eric will pay for. So that was our visit to the Great Barrier Reef. I hope you had a relaxing time. A Daily Mail article on March the 1st, 2019 about Towie star Billy Fires' wedding, wrongly suggested that her father, Lee Fires, was too drunk to get on the plane at Gatwick Airport. We are happy to make clear that Lee Fires was not at the airport or drunk and apologize for any embarrassment caused. Good night and sleep like a diamond.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Marie. For today's musical special feature, we are going back to 2016, I'm guessing, and Diary of a Provincial Lady, adaptation of the E.M. Delafield novel, which I very strongly recommend you read. It is hilarious, and this is the opening song Lizzie, played by Jane Whittaker, is uh, in her drawing room and uh, they've just got back from a terrible party with the local dignitary lady box and she is chatting with her maddening and silent husband Robert, played by um, uh, Simon Kane and uh, wondering what to do with her life.
2: do <laughs> <laughs> Them pretty little ashes, and I'm breeding them up to our old Jersey bull. They'd rather it was even drier, but it's no use wanting different soil. That's what, what I you always learn. say. Learn to love the soil you You learn to love the soil that you have. What's egg chalk do? Clara, he's novice.
0: Paulie looked like a tick. <laughs> <laughs> In the library. I
2: seriously
0: doubt it. Yeah. Ah. You once said that you'd
2: write a book. I did say that.
0: I never expected you to
2: do it. <coughs> Maybe I will write a book. If that would make you happier. Weary. does he think I'm lazy and all sad? Weary. Really? is yes, her life in Dorset all that bad? Well, then perhaps,
0: perhaps book is the answer. Beep, beep, edit. I can't believe we keep having to do this kind of thing. What kind of idiots are in charge of this podcast? That song obviously was written by the magnificent Susanna Pierce. End of edit. Beep, beep. There we are. Thank you very much. That is us for this week. We will be back next week for the last episode of season three. I mean, it's such an artificial nonsense in some ways, really, to be breaking this up into seasons, but it's what we've chosen to done. Chosen to done? uh, I mean, I don't really speak to people very much these days, and I'm becoming de-skilled. It's what we've chosen to do, and it helps us shape our experience of the podcasting process and we hope you will be brave until such time as we return uh, with season four though remember that you know you you only have to be brave for one week now then you'll have to be brave i'm preparing you to be brave in the future so while you prepare to be brave uh, during this week be good be well be good to each other and uh, that's tall tales out